Ecclesiastes chapter number three, verse number one, common passage of scripture. I'll be reading from New Living Translation this evening. Ecclesiastes chapter number three, verse number one. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to harvest, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to cry, and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Solomon says this, verse 9, what do people really get for all of their hard work? I've seen the burden that God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. We're going to pray and, and uh, just going to dive in this evening, but God's going to help us tonight break some cycles, break some destructive cycles that have allowed to creep in and for, for whatever reason, Whatever the reason, God's not here to condemn anybody. God's here to help everybody. Amen. Let we bow our heads and talk to God as we go into the word tonight. Lord, I thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus, that your promise is that you have made everything beautiful for its time. Lord, so whatever season we find ourselves in tonight, whatever cycle we might find ourselves trapped in tonight, Lord, I pray that liberty and freedom God would reign in this place. Lord, that mourning would turn to joy. Weeping would turn to gladness. Heaviness would turn to praise. That cycles that have kept us trapped, perhaps for years, let those cycles be broken tonight. In the name of Jesus, we declare it. And we worship you for it in advance. We love you, God. We thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I want to begin to just pray for a moment, just whatever you feel to pray. If you want to pray in the Holy Ghost, just pray for a moment. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody's day of deliverance today. I believe that. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Our lives run on cycles. Whether we like it or not, no matter how much we try and ignore and distract from it, much of our lives are dependent upon seasons and cycles of time that come and go, regardless of whether you want it to or not, or regardless of what you do. Think about every day, every morning, the sun rises in the east begins to climb, we rustle ourselves out of bed, begin our day, and as the sun continues to climb, we go to work, we go to school, we go about our responsibilities around the house for that day, and then the sun reaches its peak and begins to descend towards the horizon, and as night falls, we start to feel a little weary, a little tired, 
And we pillow our heads to sleep only to rise the next morning to do it all over again. Think of the seasons of time. Every March or April, we're getting there. Church said hallelujah. We're in March. But every March or April, dead brown grass gives way to green. The signs of spring appear as April showers bring May flowers. What a day that will be. The weather warms up and we enjoy the length of sunny summer days. And then in September, the air turns in the evening and in the morning to a crisp chill. The days are still mostly pleasant, but there are signs of change beginning to show. Leaves turn color, the wind turns cold, and we go into yet another winter. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. Our lives are a cycle filled with different seasons. In our infancy, we're completely dependent on our caregivers for nourishment and protection. We had no autonomy, neither should we be expected to make decisions as infants. But as children grow, there's a process where dependency on caregivers diminishes and children progress to adolescents, teenagers, and young adulthood and beyond. These are cycles. It's a process that contains many seasons of growth and development, each with its unique factors, blessings, and challenges. And all the parents of teenagers said amen. There are some timid parents of teenagers in the room. How about the parents of three-nagers? Can I get the parents of three-nagers to say amen? Amen. I'll say that. To quote the great theologian, it's the circle of life. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 11, Paul wrote this, When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. What are you guys? You okay? You good? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry, it's probably been longer than I, than I said it would be. I'm sorry. Never trust a preacher with time, okay? But in this passage, Paul refers what I see to what I see as a danger, potentially. That if I stay as a child and I don't put away childish things, I can get trapped in a cycle. I can get trapped in a season of life that I was meant to go through that I was meant to grow through and I can be trapped in a season. What happens when we cling to the past? What happens when we cling to habits? What happens when we cling to relationships that might not be leading us closer to God? What happens? Well, we can become stuck in a cycle. Seasons are periods of time where we move through as part of life, but cycles, if you would allow me to define it this evening, cycles are self-destructive patterns that repeat again and again and again and again over the course of time, weeks, months, years, perhaps decades. So there's a little song that talks about this. And that's why they're all still up here. Thank you. Thank you. But 
God wants to break some cycles tonight. If there's anything in your life that you've battled for a long time, anything that you felt like I got victory over and just keeps coming back again and again and again, God can break that cycle. And so I I dare somebody to believe that tonight. Because after a period of years, maybe decades, we can get trapped in a cycle of hopelessness. That this is the way it's always going to be. But I declare that's a lie of the enemy tonight. God's will is for you to walk free tonight from every self-destructive habit, every sin, every addiction, every bit of bondage that you might have walked into this building carrying on you, on your mind, in your body, whatever it is, the will of God is for you to be free. I believe that. So we're just going to sing this, and I, I dare you to believe it. If you feel anything in your spirit that wants to respond, feel free to respond however you feel because God wants to do what only he can do this evening. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Didn't I conquer this last year? Tell me what I missed. Cause I fear that it's coming back up again. It must be something I ate. Some song, some show, some hate. Mm-hmm. The devil wants to extend the game with free throws. And when it ends, he wants to make a sequel. Cause if he has another chance, he feels like he can take my joy, my peace, my faith. You see the devil, he learns from your mistakes, even if you don't. Mm -hmm. That's how he keeps you in cycles. Cycles, 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 but I'm not going in cycles, no, I'm not going in cycles, cycles. Here's a promise for somebody, this will end like I want it to. I win, the enemy will have to lose once again. See, I'm a different fighter now, and I have God to thank, because his joy is my strength. See, the devil will learn his own mistake when sure I make it sure that I'm not going in cycles oh cycles I'm not going in cycles 
Doesn't matter what your psychologist told you. Doesn't matter what your doctor told you. You are not defined by your past. You are not defined by your sin. He's here to help you tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated this evening. Thank you, music team. As Paul is referring to in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, a physically grown man behaving as a child is unnatural. It's indicative of, a, of a, something that needs to be overcome. In the natural, there are expectations and benchmarks that normal development of every child a doctor expects to see. And if a child lags in any area, then there are other assessments and services that can be brought in to support that child. But can I tell you that in the supernatural, in our relationship with God, as we grow in Christ, we should expect to see consistent progress, consistent growth. 
consistent growth in areas as the Spirit of the Lord leads us, as he instructs us, as John 14 declares that, that the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, he will teach you all things. So there is, there, is a, there is an expectation in the Word of God that we as believers would grow, would grow. Now, can I tell somebody today that the rate at which you grow doesn't matter nearly as much as the fact that you grow. We just, we, there's something in our relationship with God. Sometimes we can get sidetracked comparing ourselves amongst ourselves. And we think, oh my goodness, I've been in church for, for so many years and I'm still dealing with this and I'm still working through this and that other person seems like they've got it all together and we can, we can begin to compare ourselves amongst ourselves. But, but the Bible tells me that that's not a wise thing to do. And so the reality is, is that my direction matters, whether I'm going closer to God or not, whether I'm growing in my relationship with God, that really is what matters. What other people, what's happening in other folks' lives, we celebrate when God blesses, we celebrate when God ministers in other people's lives, and the only thing I need to be concerned about in my own life is that I am growing. I am growing. I might grow at a different pace, but hey, I'm growing. I might, I might have other challenges that others don't have, but, but as long as I'm growing, I'm okay. I'm growing in my relationship with God. And we see this mirrored in Isaiah chapter 28 and verse number 9. And, and when the prophet writes, who does the Lord think we are, they ask. Why does he speak to us like this? Are we little children just recently weaned? There's that question, are, are we little children least recently weaned? He tells us everything over and over, one line at a time, one line at a time, a little here and a little there. That's what God calls us to, one day at a time, a little bit here and a little bit there. As we grow in our relationship with God, only a fool would look at an infant and expect them to run around this church. Only a fool would look at an infant and expect them to calculate the square root of 144. And I saw some smoke coming up there because some, some brains were working. But the same is true spiritually. Maybe you don't know Jesus very well yet. Maybe you don't really have a, a real, if you were to be honest with yourself, you don't have a, a, a deep relationship with God. Can I tell you? That you're in a good place tonight. Because the whole purpose is for all of us to grow. And so wherever you are in your relationship with God, if you don't know Jesus at all, there's an opportunity to grow. And if you've walked with God for 50 years, there's an opportunity to grow. That's the beauty of this thing in Christ is that, that we are all growing in our relationship with God. We may never have experienced the new birth of repentance, when we turn our lives to God, baptism in the name of Jesus for the washing away of our sins, and, and just taking us time out here, pastor told me they just cleaned the, the tank, that it's ready to go. So if anybody feels you need a baptism, I'm just going to put that out there tonight, early on. Baptism in Jesus' name for the washing away of our sins. And then when we receive the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, maybe you've never experienced that new birth yet. And sometimes when we're early in our relationship with God, we can look around at everybody else and we can get a little bit depressed. Because they think, I could never live like that. I could never grow in that way. I, I, it just seems so unattainable to me. 
But can I encourage you that our life in Christ is not a crash course. It's not something where you're expected to, to advance at a super, super normal speed. There, there's, there's God works with us as we are, and he grows us from where we are. There's some science fiction writers that have, that have theorized about plugging in a human brain into a computer and then downloading languages and stuff into the human brain. But can I tell you, we haven't got there yet. We won't get there, I hope. And we definitely will never get there in spiritual things. Because this is a process of growth. And so we can stop beating ourselves up because we're not as holy or as far along as the person sitting beside us. We could stop beating ourselves up and getting ourselves into these corners of, of defeat and shame and guilt because we're a work in progress. And God is helping us step by step. And God's going to help us tonight, as I've already mentioned, break some cycles and just grow a little tonight. Grow a little. Because some of us have battled addictions for a long time. Some of us have. Some of us have battled addictions, and I, there's open addictions that are very obvious, and then there are private addictions that are not so obvious. But for both, God's going to help somebody. God's going to help somebody. God's going to help somebody break a cycle in their relationships of getting into destructive patterns and habits and abusive situations. God's going to help somebody. God's going to help somebody with fear, cycles of anxiety and fear that just trap us in a prison without walls. God's going to help us break out of some cycles of depression and bring purpose and passion back that once was lost because I need somebody to believe this with me. It's God's will to break every cycle. Every cycle. It's not his will that you should be bound. It's not his will that you should be trapped, but to break every cycle. And I'm going to focus in on the root cause, if that's okay tonight, from all of these things that I just mentioned. There is a root cause to every self-destructive cycle that we find ourselves in. There is a root cause of it all. And that root cause, the core of the issue, is a three-letter word, sin. That is it. That's the root cause of everything. And, and we're made up of body and mind and spirit as we are made up as human beings in our body we manifest our actions through our body our mind thinks thoughts and feels emotions but there is an eternal spirit inside every single one of us tonight there is a, a, a part of you that will live forever and, and our, if our body and mind is influencing our lives and we're acting out but our spirit is dead it will lead us to destruction it will lead us to destruction, and so our decisions and actions, if our spirit is dead and separated from God and we don't have a connection with our creator, our decisions and actions are only influenced by our, our carnal mind and our body, our lusts of the body, and so that will lead us to death. Now, we have a privilege where we live and having our house backing onto a forest in Ormukta West, grateful for that. The beauty of nature is so wonderful, it's calming, but there's a dead tree back there. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the day when some gust of wind comes up and pushes that thing over. Because right now it's standing. If you, if you see in the middle of the summer, you can't really tell it's dead. It's 
part of the forest. It, the foliage is there around it. And, but there is something at the core of that tree that is dead and rotting. And sooner or later, there's going to be a big gust of wind that's going to tip that tree right over and snap it. You see, we can stand in this life for a while, held up by our own mindsets and actions and self-will and all of that, but when the core of us is rotten, when the core of us is dead, it's only a matter of time before life brings us a strong wind and we find ourselves stuck and struck down in cycles of sin and defeat. Romans 5 tells us that this is what sin does to us. That as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And all have sinned, Romans 3 tells us, and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 6 tells me that the wages of sin is death. This, the core of who we are, if, if, if it, it doesn't experience a revival of some kind, if, if it doesn't experience a, something to bring life to it again, our eternal spirit, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You have an opportunity this evening, right now, to, to fix the core problem with the cycles in your life. The core of the issue, yes, there's other things we can talk about, and talking about dealing with people and decision making and all of that, lining it up with the word of God. But if we don't get the core issue addressed first, everything else is not going to matter unless we address the core of the problem, and that is sin in our lives. And the cycle of sin is declared very clearly to us in James chapter 1, verse number 14. It says that every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust, and that word lust means a selfish desire, whether it's emotional or a physical desire, it's some sort of a selfish desire. And when that has conceived, that word conceived means when that lust has become active or is acted upon. When we act upon our selfish desires, then it brings forth or results in sin which are actions and thoughts that go against God. And then when sin at the end, when it is finished, it brings forth death. And we find ourselves trapped in torment of fear and insecurity and pain and heartache and hurt in this life. And we risk entering into eternity separated from God to be forever tormented in eternity. But there's hope here tonight. Because we don't have to live in death, and then we don't have to die for eternity. But we have an opportunity to live an abundant life here, and to live for eternity over there. What a hope we have tonight. What a hope we have tonight. And so when Romans, Paul is decrying how, how he, what he wants to do good, he can't do good. And when he would feel like he wants, he wants to, you know, he always is feeling evil is present with him. He's talking about a core issue. He's talking about a nature that he is battling inside of him. And he ends with this declaration in Romans chapter 7, verse number 24. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death. He's looking at the core issue and 
No matter what cycle we struggle with, our eternal spirit is dead because of sin. And so we have got to deal with this sin problem or else nothing else will have a lasting impact. But God has provided a way to break the cycle of sin and to escape death and receive eternal life, which is why Paul says in the next verse, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is victory in Jesus Christ. God Almighty, robed in flesh, went to a cross, nailed there, and he took all of our sin and he nailed it to that cross to deal with the core issue for you and for me. And he's a merciful God. We've talked about mercy the last couple weeks at OCC. And it's, God just swept into that service this afternoon. And God, God helped some people with, their, with, with restoration this afternoon. And, and one of the verses about mercy in Scripture is Exodus chapter 34, verse number 7. It describes our God as a God that keeps mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. That's the God that we serve that's the God that we serve. He keeps mercy for thousands. But then if we don't deal with this sin issue, then the iniquity of the fathers we visit upon the children and upon the children, children to the third and fourth generation. I need the mercy of God active in my life. I need that answer. I need to have a solution for this root problem. I don't want my sin impacting my kids. I don't want my sin impacting my grandkids. I don't want my sin impacting my home. I don't want my sin leaving me in the lurch. I don't want my sin leaving me separated from God. I've got to fix this problem. I don't want it to destroy my relationships. I don't want it to destroy my life. Because that's what sin does. John 10 and 10 says that the thief, the adversary, cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But then Jesus turns it on its head. He says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. There is hope for us tonight that sin doesn't have to have the final say. Jesus has the final say. And so Peter, if you turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 2, the apostle Peter, given if you read in Matthew that the keys to access the kingdom of heaven, he turns the key in Acts chapter 2, verse number 36, and he provides the plan for dealing with this root cause called sin and being made alive again so the core of us can be made alive. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when the crowd heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. Something got a hold of them. They, they were arrested. They were pricked. They were convicted in their spirit because they knew that something was wrong. They knew there was a sin issue in their lives, and they didn't know what to do about it. And maybe that's you this evening. Maybe you don't know what to do about the sin and, you, and you've tried everything and nothing has, has worked to try and break you out of some of those habits. But, but Peter opens the door of opportunity for all of us. When Peter turns to those folks as they ask him, what shall we do? And he says, repent. That word repent means to die to our old self. That means to make a decision of our mind that I'm not going to live the way I have lived up to this point, but I'm going to turn my life to God and I'm going to live his way again. 
I'm going to live his way, maybe for the first time. I'm going to die out to that old life and, and lifestyle and decision making, and I'm going to turn to God. And then he says to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And that is a physical action that we do in the waters of baptism and all of the record of sin that's, that stains you right now. All of the mistakes that you've made. All of the faults. All of the failings. Everything. When we repent it's forgiven. When we're baptized it's completely washed away. And God says your sins and iniquity I choose to remember no more. And when you stand at the end of time and face to face with your creator he'll look at you and the only thing he'll see is the blood that flowed down that cross it's the blood that covers that sin he took all that sin out of the way and he nailed it to that cross and so repentance is the decision of the mind and baptism is a physical action in your body but then there is a supernatural action that revives your spirit you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So repentance deals with my mind. Baptism is a bodily action. And then the infilling of the Spirit is that supernatural part of me coming alive again. And no longer am I rotten inside. No longer am I dead inside. But there is living water springing out of me into everlasting life. And you think, well, that's wonderful for people in Acts chapter 2. That was 2,000 years ago. Well, thank God Peter didn't stop there. He said, this promise is unto you, to your children, and then to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's you. That's me. That's every single person under the sound of my voice. It's for you. Everybody say, it's for me. It's for me. It's for me. The past is gone. Now there's a chance for me to break the cycle of sin and address the root cause and come to Jesus. When I think about somebody trapped in a cycle, there's some person, there's some people, all kinds of scriptures you can go to, but what came to my mind last night is John chapter 4, and we don't have time to read through the whole chapter. But there was, Jesus was on a journey with his disciples. And he said, I got to go through Samaria. I got to go through Samaria, which was very taboo in that culture. For Jewish people to mingle with Samarians. But he did. And he sat down at the edge of a well, being tired. Then there was a woman from Samaria that came to that well. And they start up a conversation and, and then they, he, he says, can you give me a drink? And the, the Samaritan woman asks and says, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, addressing the elephant at the well, I guess, when it comes to why in the world is a Jew talking to a Samaritan? Jesus replies to her and says, if you knew the gift of God... And who it is that says to you, give me drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water I will give him will never thirst. 
But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus was talking to this Samaritan woman and then something comes out in this conversation that reveals a cycle that this woman had been trapped in for years. When the woman says to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. And then Jesus calls it out of her when he says, go call your husband and come here. And this woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. This woman was stuck in a cycle, repeating over and over again. Failed relationship after failed relationship. Sinful habit after sinful habit. She couldn't break out of it. And then she met Jesus. He wasn't supposed to talk to her. He wasn't supposed to associate with her. He shouldn't have even been close to Samaria. But he said, I've got to go to Samaria. Like I've addressed earlier tonight, you might feel like there's no way I could ever live up to this. You might feel like there's no way that God could love me. There's no way that I can ever fit in here. You might feel like there's no way I could ever break out of the cycles that I'm in. Well, Jesus said, I've got to go to Fredericton tonight. Because there's somebody here that feels that way. And he said, I, I want to I help you break that cycle. And I wanted to lift you out of that prison. I want to lift you out of that trap. The enemy is so vicious. He does learn from our mistakes and he will use them against us. But I will not stay stuck in a cycle. Jesus talks to her about worship and that is the key tonight. It's for the sake of time we can stand this evening. If you really want to break every cycle in your life, every self-destructive pattern, everything that the enemy tries to hold over your head, Jesus says to her, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship God the Father in spirit and truth for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Worship is your gateway out of that cycle. God can change you in a moment of time, God can change you in a second. He doesn't do it for everyone. I'm not saying that, you know, if you leave here and, and that, that, that urge is not gone, that, that God didn't touch you. There's, there's a process sometimes. God works instantaneously. God also can work through a process. But I believe God is here in this room tonight to break every cycle off of your life to deal with the sin issue, that root cause, that, that you don't know why you keep going back to that self-destructive habit. You don't know why you go back to that VLT terminal. You don't know why you go back to that website. You don't know why you go back to that, well, can I tell you why? There's a root problem that needs to be addressed. And once that root problem is addressed, then God can begin to work from the inside out to heal every other thing in your life. If we can bring our sin to God, 
God. He will. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can be free tonight. You can be free if you will worship God. And if you worship God, repent of your sins, be baptized in his name, receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things, every cycle, every addiction, every habit, every disease, everything, all things are become new. As we come back to the music tonight, if I were to echo Ecclesiastes, right now is time for a new start for somebody. It's time for a new life. It's time for salvation to be experienced. It's time for repentance. It's a time to be baptized in Jesus' name. It's a time to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a time for the miraculous. It's a time for deliverance. It's a time for restoration. It's a time to break out of that cycle. And if you believe that, I wonder if you could throw both hands up in the air this evening and just act in accordance with the Word of God. Lift up your worship unto God this evening. You don't have to be trapped. Just worship God and just allow him to work in you however he wants to work in you. Just worship God. Just talk to God however you talk to him and say, Jesus, I want to believe what that preacher just said. But I know what I'm walking home to tonight. And, and I, I, I don't know if I can truly 100% believe. But God, I'm going to step out in faith just on the chance that this is true. And I'm going to worship you, and I'm going to thank you, and I'm going to receive what you have for me tonight. Because there's power in this room to break every chain. There's power in this room to deliver you from sin. There's power in this room. If you feel God tugging on your heart, why don't you come around this front, and we're just going to pray together and just worship God together. There is freedom and liberty in this room if you will step out and worship and praise and thank God for deliverance and thank God for forgiveness and, and just thank God for breaking the chains and thank God for breaking those cycles off of your life. Hallelujah. Maybe you're new and that, that's fine. You don't, you don't have to know everything. You can still come in response to the word of God and just offer yourself to Jesus and worship and just say, God, I don't understand everything right now. I really don't, don't really get all these concepts and these biblical words, but I do know that I'm hurting and I do know 
that I'm lost and I do know there are things that I feel bound by I feel a heaviness I feel a brokenness if you feel that way you might not understand everything but there is a God in here who understands you who loves you who cares about you and he wants to give you a drink of living water he wants to give you a, a taste of salvation he wants to renew that core of you uh, he wants to revive you Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 